today I want us to look at a scripture about prayer. <laughs> that since we're praying, and prayer is such an important thing, it's from Mark 11. And um, this scripture happens right at a really, um, in the middle of something that's quite awkward, the scripture, because there's this uh, strange story of Jesus cursing a fig tree, um, which kind of happens right before it. And, uh, and it's actually quite a fascinating story because the fig tree, you know, the vine and the fig tree are kind of symbols of Israel when they're being blessed by God. Everyone has a vine and a fig tree. And when, um, and when Israel, the people of God, are rejecting God, then um, there's all these scriptures that talk about the vine and the fig tree being, uh, you know, being kind of trampled over or withering or being destroyed. And so it's kind of like Jesus, when he curses the fig tree, he's giving a prophetic uh, statement to the people of God who, you know, who were being kind of led by these scribes and Pharisees who were all about the rules and the laws and, you know, and just making it super hard for ordinary people and for sinners and for, you know, to, to kind of feel like they were okay, you know, like, just like our system now, you know, you, you just, so many people that are, that are just being hammered by our system. Like I've just been going to the jail quite a bit lately. They've been letting me just go in and do one-on-ones. And I just can't believe how many people are looking at 190 months, 220 months, you know, and they're throwing uh, like a career criminal, the career criminal act that people like that's, that's an extra 20 years. And, you know, and it's like, there's no relief and people Public defenders aren't, they don't have any time to really investigate or this. Apparently they're not, they're just not doing it. And so it's just so hard for people. And, um, and I just, um, my heart just breaks for that situation. And so I think we're in a situation where there's a lot of injustice in our society uh, that, uh, that's very upsets God, okay? And so Jesus, you know, he was with his disciples and then he goes into the, you know, into Jerusalem and he kind of sees how messed up the system is, right? Then he comes out of the city to the Mount of Olives where he hung out with his, with his people. And, um, and it's this, it's then, um, he, he cursed the fig tree the one day and then the next day they notice that it's cursed. So check it out. Verse uh, 20. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Okay, so Jesus isn't going to explain why he did it, though. He's not going to give the long explanation that I just gave. What he just says is have faith in God. Um, Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Okay, so what? So Jesus is like, you know, he's, he's like basically just saying, look, the fig tree is nothing. You can just, if you have faith in God, you can sit at this mountain, you know, be cast into the sea. Well, why would anyone want to cast a mountain into the sea? You know, it's just kind of one of those scriptures where I'm just like, why am I going to preach on this? This is... <laughs> This is just a crazy story, crazy text. So I've been, I've been just praying about it and thinking about it and talking to people about it that 
like Gracie and other people. And finally, I came up with some thoughts that I think I'm kind of excited about. I, I don't think Jesus wants us to be just like playing uh, kind of witchcraft games like we're cursing things. And for him, the fig tree was just like a little, uh, you know, he's not going to go into why he did it. It was a prophetic act that I think was really significant. It was like saying, look, the whole sacrificial system is doomed to die. It's going to wither up. Okay, but he wasn't dealing with that. He wanted Peter to realize, look, a fig tree is nothing. That's like, like God wants you to be able to deal with big problems like mountains. He's, he's not talking about that literal mountain. He's just like saying, don't think about a little tree out there in the garden like that you're, just, you're mad at because it doesn't have enough fruit. Like if you, if you uh, put your faith in God, because like you maybe have a giant problem. Maybe you need, you don't have, you don't have a, a job that's bringing enough income. And it feels like that is just, you don't even know where you would go to make enough money to be able to bring in everything you need. It feels like a mountain. Like, um, or maybe you're looking at, um, you know, just a relationship problem. It just seems so complicated. Like you, you know, you just don't know how you're going to get to the place of, of peace and reconciliation with your loved one or with your child or, or you know your kids whatever it is right or or maybe you know you um you've got a, a sickness that is just not getting better and it's just really weighing it's causing you anxiety uh, or you know whatever it is right like when i found out i had cancer and i had this tumor it felt like a mountain you know it felt so huge um, and it was a big tumor but it felt like am i going to die early you know am i going to die young i mean i don't want to die i don't want to die of cancer i don't want to have chemotherapy so i think jesus is saying here look um have faith in god um and then um and, and that's the first thing we got to do have faith in god the other day i was in the jail and i was talking to a guy who grew up um in our county and he said his mom never talked to him about god never took him to church now he's in his 30s and he's just like I'm looking at 220 months and um, I don't know, I don't want to talk about my case. We talked about that for a long time and about how his public defender wasn't going to take it to trial. And he had three things that he was guilty of, but the main thing that's given him all the charges is the worst charges, something he didn't do. And his public defender just wants him to take a deal. And it's like, he doesn't want to take a deal, but he doesn't know what to do. So, but then he says, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about God. Um, I don't know anything about God anything i said oh okay um so do you believe in god he says no um, and i said okay um do you need god do you feel like you need god he says um i don't think so and i said okay um i was trying to think what do i and i said well do you need um you were telling me that the public defender is not helping you do if there was someone bigger than the public defender who could help you would you need that uh, you know because jesus is called, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to set the prisoners free. And God hears the cries of the prisoners. If that was true, would you need, would you need God? Or would you need Jesus? And he said, yes, I would, if that was true. Um, but I don't, but you don't believe it's true. He says, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in God. And I said, but do you want to believe in God if that was true? He said, yes, I want to believe in God if, if God was a liberator of the prisoners. I said, that's good enough. Okay. So that shows that you do have a need for God. He goes, yes, okay, I need God. Okay. So this is what Jesus is saying. Have faith in God. That's the first step. 
is just recognize, wow, I need a higher power who's higher than my higher power was. You know, sometimes we have a higher power, but it's not high enough. You know, and so people are like tripping up with their higher power. Well, it's because it's not the highest power. And so if your higher power is not coming there, coming, coming, you know, helping to your coming to your rescue, maybe you you have the wrong higher power. You know, maybe you need to get to know the higher power better, right? Um, and so have faith in God. And so I, I've just been thinking about that a lot. And faith is such an important thing. Like, so I've got these four, five, seven points that, that, that Jesus is talking about here. The first one is have faith in God. Okay, well, how do you have faith? If you don't have it, how do you have it? Um, I think, I think if I say to you, you know, have faith here, and I throw you faith, Roger, and you pick it. Okay, I think you can have faith that way. You can receive it. And there's two ways that we talk about faith in the Bible. One is faith is something where you just choose to believe, like that Jesus is the son of God, that he shows us who God is, that he saved us from death because he died on the cross and rose from the dead. It's like belief in, in truths, okay? That's, that's one kind of faith. But there's a second kind of faith, which is the gift of faith. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 talks about how there's gifts of the spirit. Like there's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, um, miracles, faith. Faith is a gift. So we can have faith as a gift. Um, faith in God is a gift. And, and it's something we can actually just ask God to give us. Okay. Um, like, for instance, the disciples, they say, increase our faith. They say to Jesus. So I'm just going to give you a few scriptures. Um, So um, Jesus says to the disciples who are afraid because there's a big storm. He says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Okay, well, yeah, they didn't have enough faith, right? Um, Luke 17, here it is. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had the faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Okay, like like even a tiny bit of faith. So I thought maybe we could start by just asking God to increase our faith. You know, there's another story where there's a father who says, uh, who's got a son who's deep, has demon, is demon possessed and gets thrown down. He's writhing and foaming at the mouth and, and he gets thrown into the fire and thrown into the, into the water. Like imagine having a kid that was just being thrown by an evil spirit into the lake to drown him or thrown him into the campfire or, like, imagine how hard that would be to be a dad or a mom with a kid like that, right? So he, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, uh, he says, if you can, will you heal my son? And Jesus says, if all things are possible to the one who believes, all things. And so then, then the guy says, I believe, help my unbelief, okay? I believe, but help my unbelief. That's kind of like increase my faith. Yeah. So let's pray right now that God would, if you need more faith, if you want to receive faith, let's just pray. So Jesus, here we are. We ask that you would increase our faith. We want to have faith. So if we pray for the gift of faith that you would uh, give each one of us more faith so that we can um, act from a place of faith and not a place of doubt. We pray in your name, amen. Okay, so the next thing Jesus says, 
Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will, literally it says it will be to him. It will be to him. It will be, it will, it'll, it'll happen, right? Um, okay, that seems a little far-fetched. But for a lot of us are going, really, anything? We just believe in our hearts, okay? So believing is actually really important. Like faith is one thing. That's the part where God can give it to us. But believing is something we have to choose to do, is actually choose to believe in something um, that maybe we have a struggle with, like that it's hard for us to actually believe in it, right? And there's all these scriptures about that. Um, so uh, for instance, Matthew 21, 22, and all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive, Jesus says. Or Mark 1, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news that God has saved you because he loves you and he saved you by grace. Um, the man, the, the synagogue official whose daughter dies and all the people said, don't bother Jesus anymore. He doesn't, it's too late for him to come to the house. She's already dead. Jesus said, overhears that and he says to the synagogue official, don't be afraid, only believe. Don't be afraid, only believe. How are you going to believe in something that seems impossible, right? Well, I think it, it, that's why it's easier for a child to enter the kingdom. A child has an easier time believing than we adults who think we're so smart. And, and we're often just hardened by just life. And we're all cynical and negative a lot of times and just Debbie Downers or whatever. That should be a male. David Downer. David Downer. Okay. So, um, anyway, so believing. The one who has believed and has been baptized should be saved, Jesus, Jesus says. That's, that's important. The one who's believed and is baptized will be saved. Okay, so let's look at the next one. So we have have faith. Okay, believe. Um, next one. And it says without doubting. Okay, that's another thing. So have faith, believe without doubting. Then um, number four. Um, Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be for you. They will be to you. Okay, so all things that you pray and ask. Um, so praying and asking go together. What's the difference between praying and asking? Anyone know? Yeah? What do you think? Yeah? Um, the difference between praying and asking, I think, would be like um, praising him and knowing that he's, that he's great and he can't do it, and then asking his will. Because, like, the child, if they come to ask for a cookie, it's like a cookie, but then it's, oh, thank you, mama. You know, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. So when you pray, um, I was talking to this guy back in jail, okay? And he was saying, well, what's prayer? And I said, well, um, prayer is just talking to God. And it's weird because God's invisible. And, um, and he goes, oh, yeah, it is weird because God's invisible. And Jesus is invisible, too, and so is the Holy Spirit. So no matter how you look at it, it's weird because you're talking to someone who's invisible. And that's prayer, okay? 
um, and you don't have to do it um, with your eyes closed. And he said, oh, good. And you don't even have to do it out loud. You can do it in your head. He goes, oh, good. So I was making it really easy. <laughs> it is easy, okay? Prayer is talking to God, and you can be doing it in your head, right? You can be doing it anytime, anywhere, right? You don't have to do it in a church, ever, if you don't want. You can, be a, you can boycott praying in church and just pray outside only if you want. Or you can do it everywhere, all the time, no matter where. You could do it in a trap house. You could do it in a prison. You could do it when you're smoking weed. You can do it when you're gambling. A lot of people do pray. Up at, the, up at the casino, I think. Oh, yeah. Sorry, right? <laughs> I think one of the places of prayer in our county, I think one of the major places of prayer in our county are these casinos. Like when, when Paul goes to the place of prayer, I think here in our county, it would be the casinos. God, just help me to get it. Strike it rich. I need the jackpot. Oh, please, please. Right? The hospital would be a place of prayer too, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that we need to, uh, realize that prayer is talking to God. It's just going, God, man, life sucks. This lady that you've given me, this man you've given me, they are so difficult. What do I do? Help. Help me. Like, I, I'm just really struggling. Like, I, I just am sick of life. I'm depressed. Whatever it is, right? You're just telling God, like, like stream of consciousness. Prayer is speaking to God, okay? And it's just unloading your emotions, telling God where you're at, okay? And then asking is also part of it. Like, okay, God, I need help. I need new tires on my car. I need, um, you know, a better paying job with, with coworkers that are not such jerks. You know, I need whatever I need, right? I need my dahlias to, to blossom faster. I'm trying to think of an example for Carol. <laughs> so, um, so isn't that, isn't that cool? So then the guy was like, wow, that is great. So prayer is just talking to an invisible God, but you can do it in your head. And you don't have to have your eyes closed. I said, yes. I said, so, um, but you, you need to feel like you need God. But you were just, do you need God? He goes, yeah, I actually, I, I can see that I do need God. I said, I said, okay, well, the only way to really know um, whether this works is to try it. Okay, right? You have to test drive it. You have to test drive prayer. So let's look at the next verse. Okay, so, so we got the first one. Have faith in God. Um, believe without doubting. Okay, pray and ask. That's number five. Pray and ask. Believing, that's number four again. Three again. We already did believing, right? That you're going to receive it. Okay, then the last one. Um, when you stand praying, forgive. Okay, that's probably the hardest one. I love that it doesn't start out with that because we probably wouldn't pray if God said forgive. But if we start out by just saying have faith in God, like in other words, um, recognize that you need help. You need a higher power, even a higher one than the one you, you were praying to maybe, um, or a lower one who's closer to you, right? Um, so you pray, you have faith in God, then you, you know, you... You don't you realize that even the biggest things can be dealt with can be you can bring before God mountains okay and um, you know and that if we if we have faith without doubting uh, those mountains can can disappear they can get out of the way get up, get out of our way they can be thrown into the sea be, be gone out of our life these problems that are too big the addiction or whatever it is right and then um, 
Anyway, in the end, the guy said, I, I want to pray. I said, okay, well, um, I'm not putting any pressure on you to pray. Uh, you could just do it afterwards when you go back to your cell. He goes, no. Um, actually, I think I, I think I do want to pray. I said, um, well, do you want to pray just quietly to yourself, to God in your head? Uh, he goes, well, uh, could I pray out loud or should I? And I said, well, if you want to, you can pray out loud. He said, I think I want to. I said, so what do I do? He said, just say, uh, well, you could say, Jesus, um, you know, if you're real, show me, or I want to trust in you. Um, and so he said, um, okay, here I go. And then he, he couldn't do it. He said, I don't know what's up with me. I'm just spitting out. I'm so sweating. I'm so hot. I, I can't do it. I said, okay, well, why do you think he couldn't do it? Any ideas? Evil. Evil. Okay. There's a battle for his life. There's a battle for his life. Okay. I said, okay, well, would you want me to pray for you that you can so that you can? He said, yes. So I said, okay, Jesus, I just uh, thank you that you're with us. Help him. Help us to be able to pray. Uh, just free. I just speak freedom over you to be able to communicate to God in your own words and to try to put your trust in God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I said, okay, did that help? He goes, yes. So he started out, Jesus, um, if you would show me even the littlest thing, littlest, littlest sign that you're real, um, I give you permission. I, that was my idea to say that, but he said that. I give you permission. I didn't, my idea wasn't the little thing. It, that, that was his own words, right? But then I said, you could say, Jesus, I give you permission to uh to show that you're that you're god and that you're with me so he said yes i want to say that jesus i give you permission um and this guy just opened his heart it was so beautiful so beautiful okay and i just um we didn't get to the forgiveness part but i think that comes afterwards but for you and all you and us like that's critical like when you're stand praying when you're standing there praying and you're just and you really need god to move Remember that forgiveness is important and, and remember to just forgive anybody who you're annoyed with. Um, I mean, who truly maybe has offended you or truly has sinned against you. Try to make that, to do that, okay? Because it makes a big difference. Because Jesus actually takes it so seriously that he actually says, um, whenever you stand praying, whenever you do it, okay? Forgive. If you have anything against anyone, Wow, that's pretty tough. You know, today I was at Costco and there were people that were just so nasty to me. I came here so stressed. Like I was waiting for this parking spot for like five minutes and this car finally left. And then this lady just comes swooping right in there. She hadn't even been waiting and just took it. And she saw me and she didn't even care. And I thought, ah. <laughs> then I, I waited in this little spot. It wasn't even a parking place, but I would have my car running. And this guy comes over and goes, you know, that's not a parking place. You know, you can't stay there. And so I moved up to the next place, which was also, he says, well, that's not a parking place either. And then, uh, then cars were just whipping around and just uh, like looking like they had machine guns, you know, that they were going to stick out of their window and just blow me away. Like, and, and I was having to forgive all these people before the service today, because I was feeling so annoyed. Okay, 
So anyway, whenever you pray, forgive. And then it says, um, so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you. Yeah. Dang. It's like, so in other words, maybe it's tied to having your prayers answered to some extent too. That God, we got to be right with everybody and with God and in our heart. And that's part of just being in the flow of grace, of receiving, right? So that's what that's that's what I I think we should try to practice this. So do you guys remember the seven of them? Have faith. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe. Pray and ask, um, receive, and forgive. Okay, can we remember those? What are they? Have faith in God. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe, pray, ask, believe, actually receive and forgive. Believe is twice, so it's actually eight. Okay, so let's pray. So God, I pray that we would be able to pray and ask and um, receive and, and believe and receive and forgive that you would help us to be able to uh, practice all these things this week and that we would be able to experience um, breakthrough, personal breakthrough. Um, I have one more story. Um, I was super sad a couple of days ago because there was all this tension happening in um, around me and I went downstairs. It was on my birthday actually, which was Thursday. And so I, was, I went downstairs to get away from everybody and everything that I could think about. And I just started praying this psalm. And, um, and I just prayed from my heart that God would just let peace come into my heart, into our whole surrounding you know, family and everything. And, and it just felt like there was a connection. I really connected with God. It was just this brief moment. And I went upstairs and everything just... Everything in the surround, in the larger picture of my life, just kind of came into a place of peace for the rest of the day. It was pretty cool. I felt like it was like a direct, it was like direct answer, immediate. And I think God wants to give us more and more of us all the time on a regular basis experiences, where we we actually witness God answering our, our prayers so that our faith grows. You know, and it's great to have other people pray for us, but this isn't even about that. This isn't about having other people pray for you. This is about us praying, each of us as individuals and experiencing it just us in our own personal relationship with God, right? Let's try to be people that practice some of this stuff, okay? Is she here? Oh, she's going to be here. She's going to come in. Is she here? No, no, no. Does anyone else have a story of prayer being answered? Yeah, go for it. Can you come up? My daughter, our daughter has an amazing prayer answer, answering prayer story that Mike just I don't know if it's amazing, but on, on Friday, I was blessed with six years clean and sober. And you know, you know, and also the night before that, um, or the day before that, I had to get up in the morning and meet with lawyers and stuff before I went to work. And um, I've been a big brother to a mentally handicapped for years. Even when I was having troubles, I still call him, but it, his mom asked me to still call him and talk to him. But they just gave me a, 
I'm now his guardian. He's going to be in the state for the rest of his life, but I'm now his legal guardian. His oh, mom just signed it over to me. That's great. That's wow. great. Wow. Thanks Praise so God. So while my daughter comes in, I want to say one more story. We went down on Friday. We decided to, instead of doing our Bible study, since it's pouring rain, we met at Safeway um, by the doors. And uh, Kashmira and Ivan and the kids, uh, they came, and Jessica and Lino and myself, we all met. And uh, at that moment, there was nobody to be seen to pray for. But then suddenly, uh, well, we, the Houtmans, they walked around, they, they just came around the, they'd gone around the building one time. So we went, um, Lino and myself and Jessica and, and the two oldest uh, sons of Ivan and Kashmira, we went down uh, towards the other doors and we came upon a guy who, uh, you know, who you couldn't quite tell he was homeless right away, but just looking a little closer, you could. We offered to pray for this guy named Jacob and he's, he was really receptive. We prayed for him, and then we came upon another guy named Dave, who, um, and there was a guy who was totally high on something, who was using his cell phone, and then Dave started to pour out his heart to us and say that he wanted prayer because um, he was seeing too many of his friends die of fentanyl overdoses, and in fact, the, the night before, he revived someone with Narcan, Narcan, and so right when we were to pray for him, he was just practically like crying. Suddenly, he just jumps up. He goes, oh, man, that guy took my phone and stole it. And the guy ran, had run into Safeway. And so he got on his bike and ran and rode really fast to the other uh, place. And so we just ended up praying for him as a group because we lost him. And we said, God, just help him and just find him. And then we went around the block and we came upon a little tent that Jessica saw. And we prayed for this woman named Roxy who was in the tent. And then we went around the back and there we found Dave with two other people. And we came upon these three and they were smoking, you know, fentanyl. And we came right up to them, all of us. Um, and we just prayed for Dave and all of them. And so we found Dave. That was like an answer to prayer. So Anna, did you want to share your story of another answer to prayer? So on Fridays, we're going to be doing that. You guys going out and just doing outreach for homeless to homeless people. Hello. So um, as most of you probably know already, I'm a counselor. Um, well, I'm doing an internship as a counselor. So anyways, um, this was a few days ago where um, I have a client and they're in a really hard situation where basically their family situation is just really dark and they're going through a lot of really dark things that just makes it seem like an impossible situation. Um, which I can't really go into, but anyways, the point of like, <laughs> this is that I was just feeling like in over my head, like with this situation with this client, just like, wow, they're really like in a dark situation that like, isn't going to change anytime soon. And I just felt powerless, like to encourage them or know what to do or like how to get them out of it or you know like i knew it was way beyond my ability to help them and so i just was praying um praying with my boyfriend and just praying on my own about it and just like thinking man how is god going to come through like in this situation that just seems totally hopeless 
Um, anyway, so I didn't think much of it. I just prayed for them. And, um, and also there's a lot of like spiritual warfare happening with this client and yeah. So it's like, it's not just their mental health. It's like major, like dark stuff, like, yeah, really dark stuff. Anyway, so I was praying for them and stuff. And then last week when I met with them, they said to me, like, they mentioned Jesus. And uh, one, one thing about like my line of work, because I'm not working in, um, in a Christian organization, ethically speaking, I can't bring up God at all. I can't like influence them. But if they bring him up, then I can talk about it. And they just start talking about Jesus. And I asked them, like, do you know Jesus? And they're like, yeah. Um, and I was like, really? Like, since when? And they're like, just recently, I started watching TikTok videos um, and just like, you know, playing on my mom's phone and watching TikTok videos about Jesus. And I was like, so did you accept him into your heart? And then they're like, oh yeah. Like <laughs> I watched some TikTok video about, about um, how Jesus died for our sins and like came to rescue us. And they just kind of like recited a little, basically the gospel to me in a little chunk. And I'm like, wow, cool. I believe in Jesus too. <laughs> and it was just amazing because that was that was my open door and also just the fact that my prayer my prayers did work and I wasn't even expecting them to work honestly so that was really surprising and I ended up just saying to them like you know if you ever want to talk about God you can talk with me about God if you have any questions um and it just ended up being really like an amazing conversation with them and and then afterwards well they're like how do I pray so I kind of talked about prayer and how it's about just talking to God, telling you, telling him everything you're thinking about and how he helps you during hard times and just helps and comforts you. And they're like, yeah, Jesus helps me. My parents don't let me talk about him, but, um, but but he helps me. And I was like, it's okay if your parents, you know, don't believe in him. You can believe in him. And I believe in him. It's a good choice. <laughs> so then as I was dropping them off at their house, they're like, I think I'm going to pray tonight. <laughs> I'm like, okay, have fun. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, really encouraging and really unexpected. I guess the moral of the story is like, in situations, if you feel like it's completely impossible, it's really has nothing to do with you at all. Like it's, it has everything to do with God. And, and even if you just have a tiny bit of faith and like mostly doubt, but just like enough faith to even pray, I think God will answer prayers because he did for me. So, yeah.